Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. If you haven't had a breakdown already of the nervous order after that game on Sunday, glad you stopped by to listen to myself, Joe Oberly from Vikings Territory and Purple PTSD, and Mark Craig of the Star Tribune, who got to travel to the frozen tundra and see that mess. Mark, I got to tell you, uh, it's my birthday today, but I'm not happy. Uh, the Vikings season ended. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs decided not to cover Jamar Chase, so I lost this title game of my fantasy football league. And I'm a year closer to uh, becoming worm food, So, but I'm on the right side of the game. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So tell Man, me something. Turn me up, brother. Come on. Give me the good, good Lord. Name. That's you're the that's the saddest I've ever heard someone on their birthday. Wow. <laughs> that's it's over. Just do your Mankato brewery and let's get out of here. There we go. Yep. There's the Mankato there brewery promo for yeah, yeah. I should say, I should say, Mark, they've created a uh, a beer called Cross Check Pilsner for Man Minnesota Hockey Day Mankato, which is in Mankato this year for the first time since they've started doing this. And they created a beer for the first time, and it is good. You'd like it. It's really good. So they're serving it at the XL Energy Center. you got to get your hands on some. So you, you wake up feeling like you've been cross-checked? Is that uh, that's what it does for you? That's right. That's right. It's a, it's, it's, it's a Czech Pilsner style. It's really good, actually. I've, I've stopped drinking Pilsners and kind of went towards the IPAs, and uh, this one could bring me back because it's, it's, it's really tasty. You know, and uh, – I think we could should just talk the first half of this thing about beer, if you don't mind. You Let's know, do it. Yeah. Dissect that. You had to be there. What was that like? Cold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I picked whenever uh, Cousins was out, uh, one of the best tweets I saw was someone saying this will be Kirk Cousins appreciation night because you'll get an appreciation for what it, you know Kirk can do for you. He's not the best, but, you know, uh, whenever we find out that Manny was going to be the starter, it's, uh, the Packers were going to win anyways, but to me it was like they had no chance whatsoever when Kirk was out. So uh went kind of the way I thought it would. Um, you know, actually I thought the Packers in the beginning when they they kept getting stopped in the red zone and kicking field goals, and we joked about it, said you can't kick field goals when you're playing Sean Mannion. You can't settle for him. So, uh, but, you know, it could have been worse. could have been even worse than it was. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is kind of feels like the end, the end of – everything really, but uh, who knows? <laughs> it, it seemed like I, I, I had thought about putting that on the agenda. It seemed like to me it, it could have been worse. And I don't know if it was the cold or the fact that uh, maybe out of respect for Zimmer, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't want to pile on too hard. But, yeah, they they they, they had their way with it. Once they got past those first couple series where the, where the defense stiffened and, and had a couple small victories with field goals, um, the Vikings did not respond, and it was it was it just was over, and you, you knew it. And yeah. I, I tell you, uh, well, you know, you come in there, no Kirk, no Adam Thielen, no Michael Pierce, they had no chance. But uh, um, Aaron Rodgers is, I mean, it's obvious to me. I mean, you said Kirk is good; he's he wasn't there. I don't think he would have won that game for him. Uh, but the difference in those two quarterbacks is amazing. Rodgers. Even behind a, a beat-up offensive line, and they they had second and third stringers in there most of the year. 
he is so relaxed back there. I mean, the look on his face when he's back there dealing is it's a sidestep here and a step up there and boom, or it's a three-step drop and I know where I'm going, boom. And uh, you contrast that with Kirk, every pass is this enormous and uh, fear on his face of whether or not he's going to complete it. I mean, to me, that that is right there – what separates those two? Kurt's a good yeah, quarterback. Yeah. He's a good quarterback. Well, what I would say, what I would say, is that you know when they were at, when they are at US Bank Stadium, uh, Cousins puts him ahead late in the game. Rodgers comes back one play, seventy-five yard touchdown. Kurt comes back again and leads him down to the winning field goal. So, yeah, uh, I mean, who who in uh, you uh, on one hand you can count the number of quarterbacks in the history of the league that's as good as Aaron Rodgers, and maybe that's being too many people, but. Uh, you know, Kirk, uh, you can name off all those other names, but Kirk was their only chance to win. Uh, I didn't think it was going to happen there, uh, you know, but when he was out, it was over. Uh, so, yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is doing this with his third string left tackle. The the, uh, the right guard uh, is a rookie that was drafted 56 spots. I write about this in tomorrow's paper, so I got all these things in my head. 56 spots below your guy, uh, Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis hasn't seen the field for one snap this year. This guy, this right guard who Packer fans like to complain about their offensive line, but they're 13-3. and three. Uh, This guy, with this Royce uh, Newman, was picked in the fourth round, a round behind Wyatt. He started all 16 games. They got a journeyman that's a uh, right tackle that uh, had to step in for Billy Turner. Uh, their center is their second-string center. Uh, you know, they're, they're all pro center from last year. They let go in free agency, sign with the Chargers. All pro left tackle hasn't played it down, and this team is 13-3. and three. Uh, A lot of that has to do with, with Aaron Rodgers making every, everyone around him better, unlike what that's one thing that Kurt can't do is make his offensive line better. He's almost equal to his offensive line because uh, what Aaron Rodgers does is phenomenal. Uh, that's what Peyton Manning does. Well, the great ones have done. So, um, you know, to me, it was uh, when Kirk was out, uh, that was in no chance. But still, even with Kirk, uh, this is this is a very, very good Packers team. And if Aaron Rodgers wants to leave and go somewhere else, he's crazy because they could probably keep doing this for another four or five years. And, and, and that's probably has more to do with the defense than anything because you just said it. He makes his offensive line better. Wouldn't it stand to reason he could go to another place and make that offensive line better and be fine if, you know, maybe see if they have a good defense? That's what Tom Brady did. He went to, uh, to uh, uh, Tampa Bay where they have a really good defense. And he knows he's good and he knows how to make an offensive line better. They got a good running game. So, me, do you think, uh, yeah, it's got to be. He's got to. But do you think Aaron does leave and uh, wants to, you know, prove that he can be like Brady and do it on his own? He's that good that he can. He can make the team good wherever he goes. Well, but you know, Tom Brady didn't. Wa- he didn't just go to Jacksonville or or uh, you know some terrible team. That team was uh, unique, I think, in that the, the defense was phenomenal. Uh, they they had had an investment in the offensive line. The receivers were fantastic. He got Gronkowski to come with him. Uh, that team was set up for one great quarterback to come in. Now, if Aaron Rodgers can find that somewhere else, then yeah, that's uh, that's that's fine. But to me, he's got it. He's got it there. Um, and uh, you know, this the, the coach that they have. I know he's I know he's got problems with the general manager and all this, but. 
you know, the general manager's making decisions that are helping him. Uh, you know, the, the, the coach is one of the head is, is one of the best starts in NFL history. Uh, they got something going together with them. Um, we'll see what they do this year. You know, they, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I certainly think they're going to be there. Um, you know, Dallas lost this week. Uh, to me, Dallas with that defense is is the team that could beat them. But I think if, by it going through Lambeau, uh, I think I think this time you know they get over the hump and they go they go to the Super Bowl. I, I agree with you. They are going to get there. I'm hoping that uh, Mahomes and KC is able to knock them off, or or Tennessee, or maybe even Buffalo if they get there. But uh, because I want him to not win another Super Bowl here because I think then he would stay. I want him to lose, and I think I mapped this out. You know, I mean, he, he did give him the MVP. You know, he, you know, he gets home field advantage, goes back to the Super Bowl, loses to Casey, then he bolts. I can live with that. Just get him the heck out of here. You know, uh, unless he wants to come over across the border, come on over to Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 a pattern that has uh, has uh, played out over the years. I'd have trouble with that, though. I, I enjoyed having well, I think, here because he was, I he was think, my kind of guy, but not. I, I, I'm just not a fan of of uh, Aaron Rodgers personally. No matter, you know, I have all the respect in the world for how he plays, but you know, um, he's kind of a knucklehead as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't think that uh, this would be attractive to him to come here. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think it's going to be good enough. I think it's you know when things get blown up and uh, got some. Older players, you got. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be a lot of changes and stuff. So, uh, if Zimmer was yeah, still here, maybe. I, I, he respects him, I guess. Uh, you know, and if you look at the what they do to the NFC North, I mean, Zimmer was their only blip in uh, right. in their complete dominance of uh, uh, the only two losses that Lafleur has had in three years, I and mean, they've got to play the Lions. If they lose the Lions in this final one with all their backups or whatever, that doesn't count, but. You know, Lafleur has beaten everyone soundly, uh, except for the two that they lost to the to the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It it. Uh, I suppose this isn't uh, Packers territory breakdown, so we should talk a little bit about the Vikings. But uh, uh, you know, we're it's it's part of the deal having to get past the Packers for the Vikings, and they just didn't do it this year. Not even close. Um, you know, Zim. Jim came out at halftime and says, got to run the ball. I said, said how many times yesterday you got to run the ball? Why couldn't they run the ball? Dalvin Cook just from the get-go didn't look like he was too excited to run, play in that cold weather. Yeah, see, I, I didn't see that. I saw your note. I, I didn't see that at all. Um, you know, when, when uh, I agree with Zimmer, they they did get away from the run, and they and it uh, they could have run the ball more. When they went, when the Packers settled for that second field goal, they went up six to nothing. Dalvin Cook had five carries for 17 yards. Not great. But, uh, you know, there was a five-yard run in there, a couple three-yard runs. Uh, I didn't see this Dalvin Cook wasn't into it. I see what happened after they went up 6 nothing was when uh, Mannion got sacked for like a 15-yard loss. And not only was it a sack, but he was so far back that it was, I think it was second and 25 or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, that, that they go three and out there. And then the Packers scored, make it 13 nothing. Then it, it just got away from them. Um, I still think that they could have, you know, they could have run in that series when it's six to nothing. Sean Mannion is your quarterback. Come on. I, I think it, Dalvin Cook needed to be a huge focal point of that particular drive. And it starts off with Sean Mannion backpedaling and getting sacked 
And the Packers must have sensed it, must have knew it because it was a blitz. And from there, it's, you know, just kind of snowballed. I mean, this, this they needed a perfect start. And they they get the Packers into the red zone. They stop them. The Packers kind of stop themselves, you know, settle for the field goal. And then, uh, you know, to me, that that's the point where the, off, okay, the offense comes out. They have that nice completion to Conklin, okay? Third and five, they get a twenty. They get a twenty-some yard completion to Conklin. He gets down to the twenty-four yard line, and their young rookie left tackle, for some reason, on a bootleg pass, is drifting like five, six yards downfield. He's on the other side of the play. There's no reason for him to do that. All the other linemen know to stay where they're at. He just drifts down, and they throw the flag. Now that's a flag. Maybe you don't throw because he's completely away. He wasn't even blocking anyone. Uh, but they throw that flag. They go third and nine. They go three and out. They or they they punt. Uh, and to me, that was just like you needed a perfect start. You needed to move the ball and just little chunks. So you they were chipping away. Now the next time that they reached, they didn't get inside the third because that that pass to Conklin took them down to the twenty four yard line of the Packers. They didn't see the thirty yard line of the Packers again until it was thirty to three. So to me, they needed a perfect start. And that penalty, although it's small at the time, I thought was huge because it just stopped them whenever uh, they just needed to be perfect, beyond perfect it, it, with Sean Manning, a quarterback at Lambeau Field. I, I, I agree with that as well. I, I saw that. They had momentum, and it just killed it. I mean, they were moving them, the Packers defense around the heels a little bit. Totally agree with that. But after that series and as you went forward, you know, after those runs by Cook, it, he was running into a brick wall. I mean, the Packers realized they, they just loaded the box against Cook, and they said, Sean Mannion beat us, you know, and, and there was, what What do you do? I mean, they're going to put two safeties back there, and, and they knew that he wasn't going to, you know, complete anything downfield. They they had him bottled up. There, there was nothing there for Cook, and even that, it's a frozen field, and that kind of mitigates some of Cook's, you know, some of his his jitter, some of his uh, you know quick feet that you know it's just not a great great running uh, pl- a place to run. Even the Packers don't run that much until they're down on the goal line and they're bowling you over with a a big running back. I you know I, well the Packers ran for 174 yards. I mean uh, Cook after the, it was when he was five for 17 uh, and and they they're up six to nothing. After that he carried the ball four times for minus four yards. So it was. He, you know, thinking back on it, when you're sitting there and you're working and you're like, got your mind going 10 different ways trying to, to beat deadline, you get to the end of the game, and you're like, man, did Dalvin Cook, you know, was he even in the game after that, you know, first couple of series? It was just, it was just a strange, uh, and I agree with Zimmer. They got away from it too early. I know that people knock him because he comes out and he, that's his, his thing. He comes out and he, he, he people say that he's throwing the, uh, offensive coordinator on the bus or this, that, the other thing. Well, he's asked a question and I think, and, uh, why couldn't you run the ball? Well, I think we got it away from it and they did. And it's an honest answer. And so oh, he, he, said asked question. he said at halftime that they, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I didn't see the halftime one, but I'm seeing the, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing after the game. It was like, you know, why, how did they stop your run or whatever? And he's like, well, we got away from it. It's like, well, they did get away from it. Isn't that um, his responsibility? I mean, he's the head uh, coach. I mean, it's just like John D. Filippo all over again. You know, he, he said he wasn't. Yeah, even I mean, that, told, uh, it, could, it could it could be a good example. You're right. It could be a good example of maybe a guy shouldn't be calling one side or the other side of the ball. Maybe he needs to be more of a manager. Um, 
he's you know probably at that point when they're making the when they're making the calls on uh, when you know, he's not sitting there he, you know, he can't make his defensive adjustments and completely uh, micromanage his offensive coordinator at the same time. So yeah, you can make an argument that maybe a, a head coach should be a more of a big picture guy. Be a John Madden. Do you ever see John Madden with the headset on? Oh, John was over there doing this and that. Uh, different eras, of course, but uh, you know this this whole thing about calling plays and uh, you know the game is getting to the point with with clock management and all this stuff and all these little details and every play is challenged. Every play is this that. You know, it's such an intricate, detailed sport that maybe there shouldn't be a, a guy over there whenever the other other side of the ball is on the field. You know, with his head in in a play sheet. Yeah, you know, you bring up John Madden, and that that's certainly what Zimmer reminds me that he comes out of that mold, even though that era he, he's in a different era today. So maybe it doesn't work. Um, uh, you know, it, it it's difficult to figure out what happens there. I I I do you think? I mean, certainly once it started steamrolling the wrong way and they did get away from the run for whatever reason, um, I think it's because it was such a lack of success. You got to throw the ball at some point. The Packers knew what was coming and they just had them. But well, then the Vikings defense started going belly up. And uh, do you think, you think they finally quit on Zim? Uh, No, I think they were, they were just completely worn out and run over by a better team. Um, I don't, I don't think there's any quit. I, you know, uh, to me, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, I love Dalvin Tomlinson. He's a great guy, does a lot of great work. All these guys do. And, but he's a disappointment. He was, he's, he's not, hasn't been a good signing. You know, Michael Pierce wasn't there, but, you know, the, against the Rams, Michael P- Pierce was an AWOL. Um, DJ Wonham, the 28-yard run that uh, Jones had a 27-yard run, 28-yard run, 28-yard run. DJ Wonham gets completely run over. Dalvin Tomlinson gets pushed aside. Eric Kendricks thinks it's going to go to the outside, so he sprints to the outside, misses the gap that, that Wonham, I, th- I think, should have had, and Jones goes right up for 28 yards. And um, You know, this team, when, they, when they've been bad, they've, they've not been able to stop the run. The last two weeks, just not, not able to stop the run. And to me, the, when it got into the second half, and it's 20 to 3 at halftime, everything after that, it's – it's kind of like natural. I don't think they quit on any particular person. I think they're on the field. You know, it becomes just like uh, trying to protect Mannion when you're down seven or 17 or 20 or whatever it is, 27. Uh, how, how do you protect him? I mean, they know, they, they know you're not going to run Dalvin Cook. And on the other side, whenever they're just run, 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 pounding on you, it gets a momentum. And, you know, then you get just completely worn out. And everything that happened after that, Midway through the second quarter, just was kind of like, we know where it's going to go, and just how how bad is it going to be? And it was, you know, it was bad. Yeah, I think the cold was a factor too. And and uh, Rogers was on with the Manning brothers last night on Monday Night Football, and he said that uh, he loves about those kind of games, and he's really excited about the playoffs all coming through uh, Lambo for that reason. He says because he goes, I got the shivers during the second quarter last night, but we were up, and I thought. You know, if I'm cold, you know those guys are cold, and it's always tougher on the team that's losing in that effort. You know, so maybe they didn't quit on Zimmer, but you know, after a while, it seems academic, and 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 the fire goes out of your belly, and and you're you're even with your season on the line, you just 
know it's over and it steamrolls over you. I, it was it was difficult to watch. We've seen it before here in Minnesota. Um, it's tough to deal with it. You know, the one bright spot was uh, the immaculate deflection for for for, uh, for Garrett Bradbury. I mean, I, I've watched that play several times over, and I can't get enough of it. It's just it's just fun to watch. Where, you know, I, I think a little bit earlier, Chris Collinsworth was saying what a a, a, a talented athlete. Bradbury was, and everybody who's hated him all year long or the last couple of years was just groaning. Well, then here he makes this incredible athletic play, catching it at his toes like Franco Harris and, and running for 20-some yards, and just knocking people over. It was great fun. Maybe maybe he's out of position. He's a fullback. That's right. He's, he's a big fullback, small center. Uh, but didn't the entire world, because I just watched it back this morning, and I and, – Obviously, Collinsworth made the immaculate reception and uh, connected with the John Madden and all that. I think the entire world, any, uh, people of a certain age, I guess, you have to like, because uh, some people in the press box would be like, what's the immaculate reception? I, I don't, what are you talking about? Really? Uh, but <laughs> no, I, no, 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 I, that wasn't said. That wasn't oh, said. I'm saying, I'm joking. Okay. You know, if you get to a certain, you know, everybody that saw that, and because I was like, you know what, it, how far football's come. You know, there was no camera angle. We, there's no camera angle that shows whether that ball, you know, Franco's the ball touched the ground or not. Could you imagine that in, today, in today's NFL with all the cameras? Uh, but, yeah, not only did he catch it, but he made a – it was a beeline right up the field. Uh, it was a heck of a play. Right. There were some people hanging on to him. He dra- he dragged him for, like, a good 10 yards after that. And then in poor Tyler Conklin, could, could you imagine taking that shot in single digits with a – uh, sub sub zero wind chill. Uh, that might have been my retirement speech after that one. So it was yeah. uh, it was a pop. No, Bradbury made the same grab that Franco Harris did. It was right down yeah. the toes running forward. It was the same catch, and I, I thought about it immediately. And I spent the rest of the last night and today trying to think up something to call it. So I'm calling it the immaculate deflection. But uh, you know they they need a center eligible play, Mark. Yeah, you know, Clint Kubiak, yeah. come on, draw it up. This guy's, you know, they're, they've got these young, these these small athletic uh, offensive linemen. They should they should make them all tackle eligible or you know some damn thing. Yeah, and instead of uh, instead of sixty four reports, we could have uh, fifty six reports as eligible, right? <laughs> well, you know, it was all it all became really difficult to watch. I mean, how many threes and outs and two for twelve on third downs and. Just, just bad statistics piling up after one after another. And at one point in the game, I noticed this, and I don't know if you saw it on the watch back. They, there was a, there was a, the Vikings had a false start or whatever. They were, they were a good second and a half behind hiking that ball when people were moving. The refs didn't throw the flag. Nobody challenged it. They just said, "Let's get the hell out of here." That's, that's what. Yeah, it's we need more of that. Here. Pardon me. We need more of that. We need more of the refs to. St- <laughs> you know, to just stay out of the game for just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, on that little, let's take a break. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, see if we can, I can compose myself and go eat some birthday cake and come back here and uh, talk about some more Vikings debacle with Mark Craig Vikings territory breakdown. We'll be right back. <clears throat> Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Joel, really, Mark Craig. Mark Manning is who we thought he was. And Mond was, uh, how did I write this, was who many thought he wasn't. Would you agree or disagree? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Mond comes in for those three plays or whatever. Uh, should have thrown a pick six. I mean, it should have been uh, pick six. Uh, yeah, he, bad. yeah, he's just uh, he's you know these. If you look at the uh, other than Mac Jones, I think, uh, and even he's had some struggles. But if you look at the guys taken in the first round and just how what the process is like. Imagine being a third rounder uh, who hasn't played and and. Uh, you know, there's, I don't know what his future is. I He doesn't look like he's going to be ready anytime soon. I don't think that, uh, of course, he'll probably have a, a different coach next year. I would just, It certainly seems to be going that way. Um, you know, I don't think Zimmer cares for him. I, I think that Zimmer, based on his responses, there was someone in the third round, I, you know, that, that Zimmer wanted. And, uh, and I don't think that he he feels good about getting a quarterback that was of no use to him this year. Do, do you do you really think that's what was coming through with the answer to that question? I took it a little bit, you know, it, you know, Zimmer's emotional and Zimmer's yeah, honest. Yeah. And Zimmer's raw after the game, and and they asked him, "Do you want to see him?" He said, "No, not particularly." I don't think that was too bad. And they said, "Well, why?" And he says, "Because I suppose this is a little flippant. I see him every day." He clarified it the next day, and he said, "He's my third string quarterback," and right. I'm well aware he's my third string quarterback. I mean, what do you? I, I I I think I mean he got roasted online and and uh, people are saying someone said this is the coldest thing I've ever heard someone say well you know yeah. is, is that really a reaction that to is that a, a signal to his general manager that you gave me the wrong guy is that is is he really being a jerk to to Mon or is he just you know is it just too I, I don't know I what, what did you think of that whole deal well I, you know. Um... Well, that's one 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 problem. And I, I've you know I think I've talked to Zim about different you know just to be you know handling the media and everything. A lot of times he leaves you know the way he answers questions might be based on who asks the question. I don't know if I don't know if that comes across when fans are watching. Yes, it does. Uh, so um, he might be answering in an angry way towards someone, or he's he's obviously uh, he just lost a game. He, he knows he's probably he's out of the playoffs. He's not you know going to sit there and. He's not of the age where he's going to sit there and, you know, let's crack open. Uh, let's, let's just discuss this at length. You know, he's kind of like us get this over with. Hey, Bob, you know, two more, Bob, let's get out of here. Uh, so he leaves, a, he leaves a lot of what he says open to interpretation. Yeah. To me, it wasn't the coldest thing it's ever been, you know, but right. I think that's what you see. You know, as soon as you open, open your phone, it's like uh, reactions to Mike, Mike Zimmer's coldest comment ever. It's, it's, that's just how, how we are now in the, or not, I shouldn't say, in general, the media is the media is a much broader term now. It can include everybody that wants to just go online. And to me, it's uh, that's what gets all the attention. But I do think that uh, you know that you know, given this year the way things have gone, that uh, I do think that Zimmer would have liked some some immediate help uh, instead of a quarterback in the third round. I could be wrong, um, but I. You know, that's not just based on his comments there. Um, you know, to me, those, some of those questions are also like, hey, you want to get a look at, you want to get a look at, and here's a guy that's, okay, A, lost a game, B, out of the playoffs for the first time in two year, you know, two consecutive years, and he's getting a question about taking a look at someone. Now, that probably touches a nerve too because it's like, for who? The next guy? You know, how he, he's still – and he's a competitor. And even if this, this Bears game doesn't mean anything to, to us or to the average person, when you're in the arena like he is, these guys are still like 
I just want to win. I just want to win. That's, that's who they are. Uh, a lot of times we outside don't have, a, we can't connect with that because uh, especially fans are like, well, I'll, you know, if you lose, you'll get the, the ninth pick instead of the 11th pick. And uh, that doesn't click inside of a guy like Zimmer or, or, uh, you know, people that, who do that for a living. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you from, um, <clears throat> for my money, the, the broader media doesn't, uh, and, and the fan base, they, they lose one thing for me. I, I worked six years for the Minnesota Timberwolves and I worked with the general manager and the coach and interviewed them often and worked with the players. And the thing that's lost with all the fan base out there and, and everybody who wants to comment on social media, these guys are human beings and these guys are, uh, you know, emo and you got one like Zimmer who's very emotional and you have to take that into consideration when uh, you're watching them answer questions. I mean, uh, my dad always used to say there should be a bigger cooling off period after the game. Uh, yeah. before you, I mean, and, and the media doesn't want it. And I get it at being a member of it. I, they don't want that. You want that raw response. You, I mean, that's why Zimmer's great. Um, so, it, you know, I, I've always tried to get him, cut him a little slacker because I know who he is and what he's like. And so do you. I mean, that's, you're going to, that, that guy is fighting for his life up there and he's putting his heart and soul into this team and something doesn't work out and you're going to come up and, and, and question his, his decision-making. It's going to make you bristle. It just is. It's going to happen. You better expect it. And I just want to comment one else thing you said. Yeah, it does come across at least for a one media member. Every time he asks a question, uh, Chris Thomason asked a question yesterday and, and Zimmer says, boy, that's a long question. And then, Promptly gives it the shortest answer. Was it uh, on Monday or after the game? Might have been. uh, I think it was on Monday. Yeah, I didn't hear the one on Monday. But you know, Chris's answer, uh, uh, Chris's question. I mean, a lot of Chris's questions are are you know questions that should be asked. I mean, uh, he you know uh, Chris asked on Sunday the question. You know, can you summarize you know not making the playoffs? And you know, Zimmer, it's no no. There's no love loss there. Um, You know, Zimmer shoots back. Well, what do you think? Well, and to CT's credit, you know, he said, I think it was a disappointing season. Now hats off, you know, so she put it back on him and, you know, so don't, yeah, don't ask a question unless you want to, you know, you're not ready for the answer. So when he put it back, maybe, you know, maybe he's thinking he won't say anything, but uh, so yeah, it's, this was a disappointing season. That's, um, so where do you go next? I mean, uh, you you wrote the article last week about uh, the potential new coaches out there. You know, and I, I I wanted to say I didn't see any quotes from Zimmer in that article, but I understand. <laughs> but it was uh, no, that's, it, it wasn't it wasn't just the Vikings. It's a you know, there's two teams that are that need coaches. Uh, you know, uh, yep. the, the Raiders. You know, Gruden got in trouble. They got rid of him. Jacksonville needs to make a correction on a horrendous hire that they had. Uh, I think it's no secret that the uh, Nagy's out in Chicago. Uh, it's kind of a general that you know, here are the guys for all these openings. And, um, you know, certainly Minnesota is, is in that, is in that uh, mix. Uh, you, you, so, you touched on earlier, you said mine wasn't probably the guy he wanted. Well, Kirk Cousins wasn't the guy Zimmer wanted either. Would that, would that be correct in saying? No, I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that. I think that, uh, you know, they, they could have, you know, it was set up for them to win in 2019. That's whenever, Kirk Cousins didn't didn't impact Zimmer's defense financially. I think when they didn't win in 2019. All of a sudden, uh oh, we can't afford all these guys. 
Um, couldn't afford Xavier uh, Rhodes and, and uh, you know, the, the other corners and, and couldn't, you know, just kind of, you know, and then you had to rebuild in 2020 uh, with the young guys and that didn't work. So then, uh-oh, now we're down to like our last strike. Can't miss the playoffs again. Come back. Um, you know, you, you, you got some good guys with Peterson and uh, you're getting Pierce back, but then Daniil Hunter gets hurt. So it's just uh, uh, Kirk became a problem I mean, after that 2019 season because then all of a sudden the team that had all, the, the wizardry of their salary cap, you know, they became like everyone else. They, they didn't they, they had to make tough choices uh, and it hurt them. So I wouldn't say that, you know, Kirk. Is what, I mean, he, I, I do believe Zimmer felt that they could win with Kirk, that uh, otherwise he would have stayed with, you know, Case or one of those other guys that, that those three guys that they that they let go or got rid of. Um, he saw the potential in the play action. Zimmer's, uh, you know, being a defensive guy, he knows what the play action can do to you. He knows he had Dalvin Cook, uh, and he had a guy that you know could throw the ball, make any throw on the field. Uh, so I wouldn't say that uh, that that Cousins was a guy he didn't want. Uh, Cousins became a problem whenever they couldn't afford Zimmer's defensive guys. Well, you know, that was pretty cold, Mark. That wasn't the question response I expected. Why, why are you being like this? Why are you being so nasty to me? You know, uh, like, next, next question. Next question, Joe. <laughs> um, so where do we go? I mean, it, it, I guess I was leading up to this next statement with that last one of saying that is there some kind of rift, not rift, that's too strong, but disagreement between Zim and uh, Spielman and that, in fact, it could be just Zim gone and Spielman's going to be retained to find the next coach because we know that the Wolves are not uh, football people. They need a general manager in there who knows the game to to make a, the next coaching hire if that's what's coming. Um, and I don't even trust the Wolves to make the right general managing hire unless – I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like that would happen? Are they both gone? Uh, uh, and then we can talk about Kirk Cousins after that. But go ahead. What do you what do you what do you think there? Well, I think the the the, the Wilfs, um, their strength as owners have have been uh, you know, their pa- their patience and their their giving giving the team everything that financially. I mean, if there there hasn't been a there aren't uh, can't think of many decisions that were ever made uh, that they couldn't make because the Wilfs put any financial restraint on them. So that's their strength. Their weakness probably is just, as you said, um, they, when it, if it becomes a time where you need a new voice at general manager, especially general manager, because if you felt like you just needed a new head coach, you're, you know, you turn to your general manager, he handles all football um, situations, but their weakness would be whenever, what happens when, if you feel that the voice at GM has exhausted its path, uh, now what? There, there isn't a guy, um, you know, that can make that hire. But you know, there's sharp people. Um, I, I believe I saw somewhere where the Bears were reaching out to Bill Polian. There's consultants. There's ways of doing that. Um, I could be wrong, but I do feel like, um, and I like both guys. I like I like Rick. I, I like Zim. Um, but it just has the feeling of having done this forever. Um, it just has the feeling that, you know, a, a voice or a, a direction gets only so much shelf life in the NFL. And these guys have had gotten probably double the shelf life with 
uh, and let, you know, for teams that haven't had enough success to get eight years, um, you know, they, they sprinkled it every other year and they got, uh, they were in a tough division. So they, they won two to two divisions uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers, two titles with Aaron Rodgers being there. So, uh, but I do feel that it, it's hit that point where you probably need to restart on uh, at both at both spots. I could be wrong, but it just feel, it feels like that. You know, we've reached that point where the voice, the direction, it needs to. You know, they got their chance, and now it's probably someone else's chance. You know, I, I'm 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 a Zimbobo to to a degree, and um, as as the ship seems to be sinking for him, I. I just want to say it's going to be tough to swallow for him or anybody else that gets let go in these last two years, unless it's, you know, what you had going on down in Jacksonville, that, that, that guy had to go because of COVID, because of all the stuff that happens. I know that's their job to manage it, but the Vikings apparently didn't have the, the uh, depth and the, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to sustain all these injuries and the COVIDness and being the, the most unvaccinated team in the league. Um, I think Zim gets a little bit of a raw deal there. I think uh, he has his problems. He he uh, game clock management has not been his strength. Uh, um, when you when you're in that many close games, yeah, he's got you positioned there, but you've got to win those games. Other people do, and that's the only way you can win in the playoffs as well. Because a lot of them are going to be like that. So I feel bad for him. I think I, I don't want it to happen, but I I think it's going to happen and. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's you know everybody that's clamoring for it better better be ready because if this if the wolves are going to make this change, they better have an idea of where they want to go next, and they better have someone in mind that can pick up and go because if there is a window for this team, it's it's closing fast, and uh, um, to completely change, they're going to go backwards before they go forwards. Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look at when they changed from Tice to Childress, uh, you know, they missed the playoffs, and this is the last time they missed the playoffs three three years in a row was when they fired Tice, brought Childress in, and it took Childress uh, till his third season to make the playoffs. So that you could be looking at that, you could be looking at, uh, are you, you could be looking uh, at you know you, you you blow up the team. You, uh, to me, there's a, there's a there's teams out there that would trade for Kirk Cousins, so you probably trade Kirk Cousins. Now, if it's is it a deal where you trade and then he signs, he probably signs a more team friendly contract with uh, the new team. But uh, I watched that game on Christmas Day uh, with the Browns, you know, playing in Lambeau, and you put Kirk Cousins in that on that team with that running game, that offensive line. I mean, the, the Browns threw uh, Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions and lost by two points at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. Now, you tell me that Cleveland wouldn't. Wouldn't wouldn't mind to have a Kirk Cousins if, with with everything they got going on with the defense and everything. So, um, you know, I, to me, if if you if you start over, um, I think you start over everything, and you know, you, you maybe you, you trade Kirk Cousins and you you just start from scratch and and see what happens if, if that's what if that's right. You're gonna, now, having said all this, you know, the Wills haven't said anything, obviously. You know, I if Zimmer comes back, I could see a situation like like uh, I know that Zach Taylor in Cincinnati was starting at the bottom with young quarterback and and young players. Now Zimmer's got the experienced players, and everything. But you know, two years ago, that guy uh, his record was uh, Zach Taylor's record was six and 
25 or 30 or whatever it was. Now he's, he's a division champion. So things can change. And Zimmer could, you know, if he stays, could very well make the playoffs next year. I'm not saying that can't happen. I, I think it gets to the point where, you know, will your fan base or your the people that support this team, <laughs> you know, you got to fill the seats too. I mean, if, if they yeah. just stay the course for it after this year, and, and you're right, it's not just Zimmer, but it's, it's all coaches in this situation. When you're, when you're trying to win and trying to make the playoffs, and you're sitting there on a, on a Friday morning, your game plan, you know, the hay's in the barn, and you're just getting ready to get on a plane to go to, to Green Bay to, to play for the playoffs, keep yourself alive in the playoffs, and you're, oh, yeah, but, oh, hey, Kirk Cousins has COVID. Uh, he's out. Um, that, that's, that's a hard way to, to, to be a head coach. And to, there are enough problems to deal with it as a head coach in the NFL today. That is one that's – you know, head and shoulders above all the other problems because injuries you see on Sunday, you know, and then you, you just for it. Uh, very rarely do you see guys get hurt in practice, you know. Uh, but COVID comes at any moment. It came for, for Harrison Smith. It came the morning of the game in Baltimore. Uh, they lose that game. Uh, they go to Detroit. and they, Not only do they, they don't have Harrison Smith, they don't have Patrick Peterson. You know, Dalvin um, Cook would have helped in against the Rams. Right, and and everybody so oh, everybody's got this. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that other. I mean, other coaches are losing their jobs. Uh, obviously, Jacksonville just became a, a situation where they they needed to get rid of him. Uh, you know, John the John Gruden situation, they couldn't keep him. Uh, but I'm saying, like, you know, maybe a, a Nagy or other guy, other guys that might be in trouble, who have had to deal with all this stuff. Yeah, it's not fair. It's but it's the way. It's the way of the world. And the, and the other thing is, you know, they are, they get their, their contracts are guaranteed. You know, they're not hurting. They're not losing their job and, and, you know, their families are still taken care of, which is, a, you know, it's kind of how the nature of the business is. It's they're human beings, but they're, they're in a, they're in a, an arena that's rough, tough. Social media is tough on you and you got to be ready for it. If you're not ready for it, then you shouldn't be in there. Yeah, I mean, just just look at Cleveland. Stefanski was the coach of the year last year, and everything was heading up. And now his quarterback gets multiple injuries, and he's not. And he got Odell Beckham that he's got to deal with, and Miles Garrett from time to time has has his emotional issues. It's 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 uh, a difficult, it's a very difficult job managing these teams, and throw COVID on top of it, it just seems a a little unfair that uh, that you. It, it, it's going to be tough to swallow to to, to get and, in this. And Kevin's a guy. Kevin's a guy that had to sit in his basement or watch two games in two years uh, with with COVID. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, it's it's never been tougher. The job's yeah. never been tougher. How how deep do you think the cut goes, uh, uh, or, or the rebuild goes for this team? Say you know they they get out uh, Zim and Rick are gone. Uh, you said you said you would trade Kirk and to, to completely go over. And if, if you do that, then the dominoes are really going to fall. You got to kind of gut it with all those aging veterans because the defense. I mean, you got a big contract for Harrison Smith. You've got uh, uh, some other guys back there that are probably you know you got Anthony Barr's contract. I mean, it, it's it it could be uh, unrecognizable here next next spring, right? Oh, of course. Uh, you know, my guess is they bring it. It's you know old defensive guy. Uh, gruff with the media. Uh, so that means uh, the next guy is going to be young offensive guy more polished with the media. Uh, so maybe, you know, he, 
they, they, they bring that kind of guy in, they work with Kirk Cousins and they, you know, they, they, because obviously the guys you're keeping are, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, and, you know, uh, Dalvin's still young enough and uh, Eric Daniel. Kendricks. Daniel. Yeah. Daniel, for me, I, I, people say I'm crazy, but uh, when you play six games in two years, um, I'm not loading up his bank account. I'm just not doing it. So I could be crazy, um, but you know, he's still certainly young enough. If you believe that he's going to give you 18, well, 17, however many games the NFL decides to play next year, um, then, yeah, you probably pay him, but that's another you know, financial problem that they're, that they're running into. So there's a lot of pieces. And uh, so if they make this change, it, this is why teams you know, can't really wait till the end of the Super, Super Bowl is over because they got to get back on the on the treadmill and get going as soon as this thing ends. Yeah. And the bottom line is that the, the Zimmer regime has not always been uh, perfectly congenial with letting people go here that they – they felt couldn't help them anymore either. So I, I guess the, the writing's on the wall. Um, you know, we got the Bears this week, but who cares, right? Is there anybody you want to see? Anything you want to talk about there? It's it's going to be. I think I think Kirk Cousins will play and and he'll play every down. They should for what they're paying him. Well, I think you know they're going to try and win the game. And uh, the one guy I want to see just for your sake is Wyatt Davis. Yes, we just put, ask about that. We could put Wyatt Davis on the field for just for you. I, uh, I'd like to see him. Yeah, you know, or maybe just mix it up. Have uh, you know, have Bradbury tight end. Uh, you know, they just they just put half the team on COVID like yesterday. Uh, Kendricks and what uh, Cleveland and all these guys. So who knows if there'll be anything left? Uh, I think <laughs> the NFL should have made the seventeenth game optional because. You get to this point, season should be over. Yeah. You know, for all these teams that are in this, you know, are we going to fire the coach? All this stuff. You know, you got another week, and soon, not too long from now, there's going to be 18 games. Um, it's just it. Uh, I don't know that it's necessary to play beyond 16 was good for however many years, uh, but that's just that's that's what they you know they got to keep loading it, you know one on top of the other and. That's where we're at. So the team, the teams that are terrible, are got got another game to play. The teams that are looking for new coaches got another. You know, I got to throw something together to, to get through that. With now with COVID having to play another game, uh, that who knows that could impact uh, playoff teams. Yeah, it it uh, you know I think the seventeenth game is also uh, messing with records. You know, it's bad enough that the league has changed from a running league to a passing league, but you know. Uh, uh, Justin Jefferson already lost his his rookie record, you know, for for catching pass or for yardage. Yeah, but he lost it in sixteen games. So. I understand that, but if if he plays another week, he's going to obliterate it. You know, it's just really yeah. changing, changing the things. But anyway, uh, real quickly, you want to talk about uh, you're our you're our Hall of Fame guy. You're our, uh, the the one voter in town for for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and uh, Jared Allen's a finalist for the second time this year. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I, I think you know this year doesn't have that headliner. There's no Peyton, there's not the Peyton Manning and the Charles Woodson and um, and Calvin Johnson was a, I was a, a surprised he was a first ballot guy, but um, you know that was that was the threesome there that was among the 48, 49 selectors, whatever it is. Um, that's three spots right there. 
So you only had two. Uh, this year, there's not that headliner. There's uh, one one kind of fly that gets thrown into the ointment is uh, DeMarcus Ware becomes eligible for the first time this year. They're very similar careers in that they're both four first-time All-Pro uh, or first-team uh, All-Pro. Um, you know, and it, oh, Jared has 136 sacks. He's 12th on the list. Uh, Ware, I believe, is 138 and a half. He's like 11th on the list or 10. Uh, so they're right there. And I think, to me, when the, the, the wheelhouse four or five years uh, for Jared, there was no better defensive end, no better pass rusher uh, than Jared Allen was in that in that period. And he, and he was doing this on a run defense also that was ranked uh, number one like three years in a row. So, you know, sometimes I think Jared gets dinged a little too much for, oh, he didn't play the run. He, all he did was want to rush the passer. Uh, Jared Allen was a fantastic player, uh, and I think that you know it's going to be tough for him because he's not the he's not to me. There's like two sets of Hall of Famers. It's no offense to the guys that aren't this, but there's the guys where you stand up and say Brett Favre, and everybody and then sit down or Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, uh, and I'm sure back in the day Jim Brown, and you know they're in. And you know Jared's one of those guys. Like I mean, if you look at uh, John Lynch, he, he was a finalist for nine or ten years. Uh, Lynn Swan was a finalist for like some crazy record, eighteen years or something like that. Um, so Jared, you know, might take him a while, but I think this is a class where maybe you get in because uh, he's an elite defensive player, and there's not that you know, run of like three or four offensive guys that are just going to walk right in. Well, when you uh, go there to talk about him, you just say that your buddy from Vikings Territory Breakdown says you should be in on his for his sack dance alone. That's uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Let's take a quick break. Come back and re- run through some uh, NFL headlines and uh, uh, talk about the playoffs since the Vikings aren't in it. <laughs> Okay, we're back with uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark, uh, some quick NFL headlines. Uh, you know, it, it got pretty crazy this week. Uh, you got Antonio Brown taking off his shirt or his jersey at halftime and uh, doing giving a peace out to the fans, and he seems to be out, uh, out of uh, Tampa Bay who can't uh, get a receiver on the field. Any thoughts there? Well, you know, uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, um, you know, we're told when we, when we assemble – um, cause like with the, all these different guys with their different characters and stuff off the field and issues, you're told, keep it on the field, you know, keep your decisions on the field. Uh, what I saw on the field and that, that to me, that is it. I mean, that, if you, if you do that to Tom Brady, who stepped, who spoke up for you twice in new England and here, you do it for Bruce Arians, who might be the best players coach in the history of the league. Um, you pull that that shenanigans and walk off the field, uh, you're done because you're, you're not coming back anywhere else. So, to me, when it comes time to analyze, this guy's one of the best receivers to ever play. A four or five first team All Pro. Uh, he's got 80, 85, 90 touchdowns. Uh, he deserves to be to be presented in that light. Do you make him a, a twenty five semifinalist, a fifteen finalist, a Hall of Famer? Uh, but that will be wait because that happened on the field. Um, the way that he left Pittsburgh, the way he left, or didn't even play in Oakland. Um, so this is all going to be considered uh, in his his baggage whenever you're talking about where his place in history is. And that's one of the saddest 
most selfish things I've ever seen, you know, that I can remember seeing on the field. Uh, so he's, you know, he needs, like everyone says, he needs to go get help, but uh, he doesn't belong on the football field or another chance again. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think he'll be back. Uh, Rams are winning some ball games, but they don't seem uh, up to the task of beating the Packers, certainly not in Lambeau. And I guess I would say the same thing about the Cowboys. They got beat by the Cardinals. who You knew the Cardinals are going to respond and rebound after their loss the previous week. But uh, neither one of them seems as solid a team to to unseat the Packers going through the playoffs. Well, I, I, I would disagree with the, uh, the Cowboys because uh, the Rams, I, you know, Actually, both of them could. Their their defensive lines, uh, the the Cowboys pass rush, the Cowboys uh, secondary digs, uh, and that offense is kind of the weird part about the Cowboys. It's like, you know, they can really they can be up, they they're down, um, they lose to the Card. The Cardinals have been an up and down team, so the Packers have been kind of that team that's that's stayed where they're at. You know, they their only loss is a shootout in Minneapolis, that that crazy one in week one. And then the game in Kansas City where they would have won if Aaron Rodgers hadn't been on out with COVID. So to me, the Rams could cause a lot. You know, one reason I think the uh, Packer fans are complaining a little bit there about their offensive line. So they, they might be looking down the road and seeing a matchup with, you know, Aaron Donald or uh, the Cowboys pass rush. Uh, so, yeah, you, you can't rule them out, but having to go to, to Lambeau makes a big difference. So, I would say, yeah, I put the Packers up here, but I, the Cowboys are a team that I think could get uh, could get hot offensively and, and really have a special game defensively. You know, the, the Packers could get some offensive linemen back. Now, I don't know how quickly they can assimilate, but, that, you know, maybe Bakhtiari gets back out there. Uh, I think he's left tackle, and, and uh, that, yeah. that could help. Um, but uh, uh, I, I think those other two teams, you know, I sat here for, through the 70s and watched the Rams come to the frozen tundra of, of Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington and, and saw these hothouse flowers wilt. And uh, the pack, or the Cowboys are an arena football team. Uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is dinged up. I, I don't think he is that big of a threat. Dak Prescott is just okay. Uh, they got some good receivers, but I don't know. I, I just I think they both come up to Lambo and really struggle if, if the weather's right. That's just my opinion. Um, AFC Cincy Cincy looks like the hottest team in the league, and uh, New England had rolled over the Jags. Couple couple teams that are starting to uh, get their playoff uh, uh, get themselves ready for the playoffs going forward. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think Bill Belichick is the coach of the year. What they've done with that rookie, and then their defense and everything. Um, to get back in the playoffs right after, you know, uh, would have been even more special if it had been last year, but to only spend one year out and then he gets, uh, this is his 20th year with 10, 10 or more wins and he ties Shula. Now Don Shula, there's probably not a person in the world that the late Don Shula hated more than uh, Bill Belichick. He used to call him Belichick. Um, but, uh, you know, Don had uh, four coach of the year awards and I think that Belichick might be looking at his fourth one this year. Um, you know, this weekend, it's, there's there's still a couple seats open, you know, and there's some position that could change slightly in the playoffs, but it's mostly pretty much that. You, you highlighted one game on Sunday night, the Chargers and the Raiders for a playing game. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it sets up like you know, the the NFL. You expand the field, you expand the season, and 
And now you kind of have like an NCAA uh, men's basketball tournament where you got to play in game on Sunday night, you know, um, assuming that the Colts beat the Jaguars, which we, they, we assume that they will, uh, the winner of that Chargers Raiders game makes the playoffs. Uh, now the Steelers still have a chance if the, if the Jaguars win and the Chargers and Raiders don't tie then the Steelers would get in. Uh, basically, it's what's going to happen is I think the Colts are going to destroy the Jaguars, and then the winner of that Sunday night game gets in. Well, uh, the Vikings won't be there. We will hopefully be back here next week. Mark, I, I wore this hat in your honor today. This is the, the Craig Brothers Fubar Classic hat, a golf tournament we'd always have this time of year. And usually when the playoffs get over and Mark was set free to – to to get out of a football arena, we'd head south to, to Florida and play some golf. So uh, as far as the Vikings are concerned, it's that time right now. But, uh, um, you know, here's a hat tip to your brother who always put the, t- the, the tournament on for us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we sure missed that. Yeah. Yeah. We had a blast always. Um, well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week if we can uh, – if if we can dry out Mark from the you know, after the season's done, having a few uh, few beers, few IPAs, Mankato IPAs, preferably, and uh, <laughs> we'll be back. Thanks for listening. Thanks, uh, Mike Wolden behind the scenes. Uh, thanks for people tuning in and uh, um, uh, Skull for Joe Johnson. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>